सहनावतो सहनो भुनक्तो ಶಂಕರಾನಂದಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ it was said how just as a lamp in the theater illuminates everything on the stage as well as illuminates the whole audience in the dancing theater there is a dancer and the, the master watching the dance and the spectators and the accompanying instrumentalist how all of these are in one sweep illumined by illumined by the lamp on the theater and so also the self which is here called the sakshi or the witness because the imagery is one of the lamp in the theater so self can also be compared to a lamp in the theater and the self also illumines everything simultaneously illumines the dancer which is in this case the mind illumines the master the patron in this case the ahankara the ego eliminates the audience in this case the various sense objects eliminates the various accompanying musicians in this case the sense organs of perception in short the atma or the self simultaneously eliminates the ahankara what we call the agent the mind what we call the instrument the sense organs the outer instruments and the sense objects all of these are eliminated simultaneously by the self the sakshi because when i say i see a part when i say then i is the ahankara seeing is a function part is the object how all these three are simultaneously limited <clears throat> now when you say that the witness illumines what is outside and inside we understand that in witness or in atma there is no such division as outside and inside then how do you use these expressions we say no this vibhaga or division of outside and inside is imagined with reference to the frame of reference which is the body just as in the space there is no such division as outside and inside but we imagine these ideas of outside and inside with reference to the walls and so also the idea the outside and inside are with reference to body but the sakshi or the witness is that which is simultaneously inside and outside and therefore such divisions as inside outside do not obtain in the witness if this is so then how come we feel sometimes that my consciousness is inside within myself and then my consciousness goes out as i am perceiving various objects it looks as though the consciousness goes out so how can we seem to have this feeling within ourselves that the consciousness is out out there or in here you know said that this kind of coming and going really belongs to the mind it is a mind through the aperture of the sense organs goes out to the object and that is how the perception of the object takes place what goes out and comes back is the mind and this coming and going of the mind the various modifications of the mind are superimposed upon the self and therefore we feel that the self or the sakshi the witness goes out and in where do you find such a thing happening you say that the buddhi or the mind is something that is illumined and the self is illuminated how is it possible how can it happen that the movement or the change is happening in what is illumined a superimposed upon the illuminator how is it possible so an illustration was given like this like the ray of sunlight coming into the room through an aperture 
how that ray of light or beam of light is steady. There's no movement in that. But if you just place your hand in the, on the path of the beam and move that hand, it is your hand that is dancing. But then it may look, I mean, this is a rather large beam here. But imagine a small beam, like a pencil ray coming from a small aperture. And if you move your hand, it will look as though that the beam is moving, as though the light is moving. Light is illuminated. Your hand is illumined. And still the motion of hand which is illumined appears to be as though the motion of light which illumines. So how the motion belonging to Sakshi or the illumined is, is sometimes creates a confusion, illusion that it is a light that is moving. And similarly also, all movements belong to the mind. But those movements are superimposed upon the self. And this is our view of the conclusions. As they say, when the mind becomes happy, I just declare, I am happy. Mind becomes unhappy, I declare, I to be unhappy. That shows, without effort, without our knowing it also, this superimposition just effortless, habitually takes place. <coughs> and so, Sakshi or Atma, the self, doesn't go out. Same question is asked again and again also. What happens to the self after death? So, the Atma goes from one body to the other. So, no, Atma does not go. Then what goes? It is a subtle body, which is a mind and it's, uh, you know, mind and sense organs, etc. The nucleus that really departs from one body to the other. But then, we say that Atma has departed. Even we also write like that, you know. So, may the soul rest in peace, you know. We say that. But what is soul there is not the Satchitananda Atma, but soul is the subtle body uh, with the reflected consciousness. That is what goes out and comes in. <clears throat> and it is generally the movement of going out and coming in is taken to be the movement of the self. This is the habitual superimposition that occurs. All right. So where is this Sakshi? Where is the, suppose, is the out, you say that the witness is like the lamp, remains in its own place and without undergoing any change, it illumines what is happening in the theater. The changes take place, as you said, in the dancer, who constantly moves, there are motions, the hands and legs and expressions on the face also change and all these changes are illumined by the lamp. And the lamp itself does not undergo any change at all. The lamp remains nirvikara or changeless. And similarly also the various changes take place in the mind. And the sakshi illumines all the changes without itself undergoing any change. Where is this sakshi? Just as the lamp, lamp is up there, where is the witness? The atma, the self, the witness, where is he? Nabakyo nantara sakshi buddhir desho The answer is that the Sakshi of the witness is neither outside nor inside. This outside and inside, both of these are the, the idea of the place or the idea of locations which are the projections of the mind. Meaning, the concepts of outside and inside, in fact, only belong to the mind. Buddhyadya shesha samshantav yatrabhatyasti tatrasaha and when this buddhi or the mind, mind keeps projecting, when this projecting mind completely ceases to project, then wherever the self is, that is where he is. And as we said, in deep sleep also the mind does not project any time and place. At that time there is no awareness of time and place. And similarly also, now that happens because of, as we say, the veil of ignorance, darkness of ignorance in the sleep. But when that deliberately happens, that the mind does not project any a notion of time and space. Then, buddhyadya sesa samshantu yatrabhadi asti tatrasaha. Where the sense organs, mind, etc., when it completely ceases its movement or projections, then wherever that is, that is where the sakshi or the witness is. What do you mean wherever that is? How can there be wherever? It is a mind, as long as mind is, so long the idea of time and space is. Meaning that this time and space and everything within time and space are really projected by the mind. And when the mind, the fluctuation, the spandanam, 
when the when the uh, vibrations of the mind so spandana meaning the vibration so mind vibrates as though like a tuning fork and the vibrations of the mind themselves are what we call the projections in time space etc and when that mind stops projecting even the concept of time and space also is not there say the author said in the verse 28 that when the mind stops projecting that is where the self is but the question of where is not there where is a concept in space in place and when the mind does not project mind has ceased this projection even the question of space is not there so how do you say that the self is or the witness is where the mind projects and this is the last verse that we discuss verse 21 deshah kopina kopina bhasayada yadi tarhyastva deshabhar the disciple is asking that when my mind has completely ceased to function i mean project then i am not even aware of any space i am not aware of place or location the question of location is as long as the mind is functioning the question of location is not there so when your mind has completely been absorbed become totally silent you you know you remain unaware of where you are and you know the time and place you don't remember no only when the mind again becomes aware of the body and then so forth then you realize where you are so he is asking this question that when the mind does not is not functioning meaning when the mind does not project this time and space when all the fluctuations of the mind have ceased to be and mind has become totally tranquil at that time i am not even aware of the place or location then what is the location of the self how do i know the location of the self for knowing the location you require the mind for knowing the location of anything we require the mind you say that the self is when the mind has ceased to fluctuate so when the mind has ceased to fluctuate suddenly i cannot be aware of the location and therefore what is the location of this self or the witness yadi tarhi if this is your problem astu adeshavak let us say that the self has no location at all the witness doesn't have a location outside inside above below no such location is there in the witness all these ideas of locations are in the mind and when the mind is not fluctuating these locations are not there meaning self cannot be said to be located anywhere any particular place or there is no concept of place in the self oh there is no concept of space in the self and so self or the sakshi cannot be said to be in such and such place then how do you say that the self is all pervasive <coughs> scripture also says nityas sarvagatasthanu achalayam sanatanah is lord krishna says what is atma nitya hai eternal sarvagatah all pervasive so how do you call the self all pervasive pervading all the space pervading nitya means pervading all the time when the question when these the awareness of time and space is not there how do you describe the atma as all pervasive sarvadesha prakliptyeva sarvagatvam natusvatah we say that the self is all pervasive only with reference to the concept or the notion of space since we perceive the space meaning as long as the mind is functioning we perceive the space therefore we say that the self is in in place everywhere wherever the space is the self is why is it so because space is also a concept which is illumined by the by the self so self illumines the space self illumines idea of space and idea of time meaning wherever the space is self illumines that therefore we say that self is all pervasive wherever the time is the self illumines that then we say that the self is in all the time sarvadesha prakliptyeva in fact because there is a prakripti or the kalpana or the projection of the notion of the space therefore with reference to that we say that the atma is in all the space or we can say that since the witness of the self is the very substratum of the projection of space maya desha and the kala both of them are projected upon the self 
And therefore we say that self or the Atma being the very substratum of the space, therefore we say that the Atma pervades the space. Two ways of understanding Sarvagatattvam or all pervasiveness. Inasmuch as space itself is illumined by the self, and therefore wherever the space is, self is. Because, see, the space asti, bhati and priyam, that is self, and that is in space also. Because the space is, the space shines, and the space is a creation of happiness or joy. So this is, shines and joy, all these three are in space, that way we say that, in the space also the self is, the self pervades the space. But, Nasvataha, as far as self is concerned, the idea of space also being superimposed upon that, and therefore, from its own standpoint, even the space also is not there. <coughs> this thing Lord Krishna points out in the ninth chapter of Gita, Maya tatamidam sarvam jagadat vyaktamurtina matsthani sarvabhutani nachaham teshvavasthitaha nacha matsthani bhutani. It says there Lord Krishna, Maya tatamidam sarvam by my avyakta murti, by my unmanifest form, the whole creation is pervaded. Matsthani sarabhutani, all the beings are in me. Nachaham teshuavastitaha, I am not in that. Meaning that all of them are superimposed upon me, all of them are illumined by me. I am the essence of everything. On account of me that they exist, on account of me that they shine, on account of me they are what they are. So, I am their very being, in that sense it is said that all the beings are in me, I am not in them, I am not confined to them. Nachamasthani bhutani, and really, from my own standpoint, there are no beings at all, I alone am. So, Swataha, because the self is adviti, a non-dual, therefore there is nothing, self alone is, is non-dual, and therefore, no, no space, no time, no other concept is in space. So, Natasvataha. In short, we, when we say all pervasiveness, etc., so this is only with reference to space that we say that the self is all pervasive. Looking at the space, we say that the self is all pervasive. <coughs> Even we can say clay pervades all the parts. Looking at the parts, we say that the clay pervades all the parts. The clay say, can say that there are no parts in me because I am just a clay. So when you just focus your attention on the clay, there is no part there. And so from the, as far as clay is concerned, it is free from this idea of part. But where the part is, we say that the clay pervades the part. Here, looking at the space, we say that the self pervades the space. Looking at the time, we say that the self pervades the time. Looking at objects, we say that the self pervades all the objects. But as far as the self is concerned, the time, space and objects this, these concepts are not there. It is devoid even of those concepts. In that sense it is said, Natusvataha. <coughs> now, we continue the discussion from the verse 22. This idea is explained again in the next two verses. Sarvagatattvat sarvasakshitvamabhi navastavam ityaha. Just as, as far as self is concerned, we cannot call it all pervasive. Because we call him all pervasive with reference to space, similarly also we cannot call him the witness of all. So we call him witness. Just as a lamb witnesses everything, the sun witnesses the whole universe, so also we say that the self witnesses everything. But that also we say only with reference to the things, we would not even designate him as witness from his own standpoint. And that is said in the verse 22. Antarbahirva sarvam va, Antarbahirva sarvam va, Yamdesham parikalpayed, Yamdesham parikalpayed, Buddhistaddeshagasakshi, Buddhistaddeshagasakshi, Tathavas tushu yojayed, Tathavas tushu yojayed. Antar bahirva sarvamva yam desham parikalpayet buddhi. Buddhi meaning intellect or the mind. 
Yam desham parikalpayet. It is a mind that really parikalpayet projects the idea of the desham or the place. The idea of place or space or location is something that is projected by the mind. <coughs> Why do we say that? Because when the mind is not functioning, there is no awareness of place or time. Just as in deep sleep, or when one is unconscious, or when one is, one is in samadhi, man, when the mind is not functioning, at that time, there is no awareness of time and space. And when the mind starts functioning again, one becomes aware of time and space. That shows that this place, or the place, or the concept of location, is something that is projected by the mind. Anvaya vitreka. When the mind is, then the notion of space is. When the mind is not, notion of space is not. Therefore we say that it is a mind that projects this notion. So, antarva, antarbahirva, sarvamva. So at one point, the mind imagines inside. Then, sakshi, taddeshika sakshi. Then the, the self illumines that idea of inside. The moment mind says inside, then at that time, the sex, sakshi or the witness illumines the idea of inside. Because the mind illumines the mind, uh, the self illumines the mind. So whatever be the, the uh, thought in the mind is illumined by the self. So thought in the mind is inside, the self illumines inside. The mind thinks outside, the self illumines outside. The mind says all, all space, then the self illumines all space. Antar, Bahirva, Sarvamva, Yamdesham. Whatever place the mind imagines, either inner or outer or all the place, Sakshi, Taddeshagha, Sakshi. Then we say that the Sakshi of the witness is there. So where the meaning witness pervades, the Buddhi creates the idea of inside, well the witness illumines that. Buddhi creates the idea outside, witness illumines that. So whatever idea of place the buddhi imagines, that idea is illumined by the self. And with reference to that we say that the self pervades inside or outside. Because inside and outside are the ideas or the concepts created or projected by the mind. And since self illumines all the uh, concepts of the mind, therefore we say that the self is inside or outside depending upon what the buddhi projects. <coughs> In short, the inside, outside, all of these are projections of the mind and self being illuminate of those projections. We say that the self pervades inside, outside, etc. <coughs> there is no inside, outside, even pervasiveness as far as self is concerned. Even the idea of pervasiveness is also not there. Because if you say that the self pervades something, then what is pervaded is one and what pervades is another. Then there again there happens duality. When you say the space pervades this hall, then hall is one entity and the space pervading that is another entity. Similarly, if you say the self pervades everything, then everything that is pervaded is one entity and self that pervades is another entity, then again you will have this duality. Therefore, even the idea of pervasiveness also, a self is free from even the idea of pervasiveness. That idea is in the buddhi. Tatha vastu shayojayet. In the same manner, you should also understand that self pervades all things. It pervades all time, it pervades all space, it pervades everything. Even self pervading everything also is of the same nature. How is it? That is explained in the verse 23. <laughs> Buddhya tattat prakashayan, buddhya tattat prakashayan, tasya tasya bhavet sakshi, tasya tasya bhavet sakshi, svato vag buddhya gocharaha, svato vag buddhya gocharaha. Yad yad rupa adikalpyeda buddhya tattat prakashayan, Tastasya bhavet sakshi. Buddhya yadyad rupadi kalpyeda. Again the buddhi of the mind projects rupam, color, 
form, sound, whatever it is, the mind projects at a given point in time. Tattat prakashayan, inasmuch as self always illumines the buddhi or the mind, so whatever be the projection of the mind, that also is illumined by the, by the self. So tattat prakashayan, suppose buddhi imagines a part, well, then the self illumines that part. Buddhi projects a chair, then the, the self illumines the chair. So whatever object buddhi or the mind projects at any given point in time, that is illumined by the self. And therefore we say that the self is the witness. Witness of the chair, witness of table, witness of tree, witness of time, witness of space, witness of various things. What are those things? Those are the things that are nothing but projections of the mind. So mind projects the idea of tree, well the self illumines that. Projects the idea of hall, self illumines that. Whatever mind projects, whatever object it projects, whatever sound and whatever smell, whatever color, whatever form it projects, all those vastus or the objects which are projected by the mind are illumined by the self. Therefore we say that the self pervades all those things. So, self being the witness of the projection of the mind, we say that it pervades whatever the mind projects. Self illumines the mind. And at any given point in time, the mind has some or the other notion. The mind may have notion of time, the mind may have notion of place, or the mind may have notion of object. Mind may be thinking of an object, or it may be thinking of a time, or it may be thinking of a place. And whatever be the thought of the mind, that is illumined by the, by the self, a sakshi. Therefore, since the witness illumines the, the various, all the, all the different states of the mind, therefore we say that the self pervades those states. If those states are place, the self is said to pervade the place. If that notion is time, self is said to pervade the time. If that is, that projection is an object, the self is said to pervade the object. In short, on account of being the witness of the mind, we say that the, space, the self pervades the mind. And mind in turn pervades time. Mind in turn pervades space. Mind in turn pervades the objects. Therefore we say that the self pervades the time, place, object, etc. Itself is devoid of these concepts. Swataha. Kim tasya nijas nijam rupam. Then what is its own rupa? What is its own nature? Swato vag buddhya gocharaha. Swataha, by himself, the sakshi is vag buddhi agocharaha. Agocharaha, not within the grasp of vag and buddhi. Vag means the speech and buddhi means the mind. Self itself is beyond the speech and the mind. Therefore, to call him all pervasive, you know, call him eternal, use any word, and if that word generates in your mind some kind of a concept, that means that the self is confined to a given concept. Svataha vag buddhya gocharaha vag buddhyadinam avishayopi By itself, the witness of the self is not to be objectified either by the speech or the mind. Atma tasya tasya sakshi bhavet Itself remaining beyond the speech of the mind. It is a witness of whatever the mind projects. So, itself is vag buddhya gocharaha, beyond the reach of the space and time. <coughs> this sounds very frustrating. Avang manasa gocharatve umukshuna na grihyeda. If you say that the witness is beyond the reach of speech, beyond the reach of words, beyond the reach of mind, how can anybody ever know it? Mumukshuna na grihyeda. How would the mumukshuna, the seeker, ever know this? How can you ever perceive that self? Or how will you ever know the self? When it is beyond the words and the thought. Iti Shankade, this is the question that is asked and answered in the verse 24. Katham tadrang maya grahya hai. Katham tadrang maya grahya hai. Sarvagraho Pasam Shantau 
ಸ್ವಯಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯರೆ ಸ್ವಯಮೇವಶಿಷ್ಯರೆ ಕಥಂ ತಾದೃಂಗ್ ಮಯ ಗ್ರಾಹ್ಯ ಡಿಸೈಬಲ್ ಇಸ್ ಆಸ್ಕಿಂಗ್ ತಾದೃಂಗ್ ಆತ್ಮ ಸಟಿಸ್ ದಟ್ ವಿಚ್ ಈಸ್ ಬಿಯಾಂಡ್ ದಿ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಮೈಂಡ್ ಬಿಯಾಂಡ್ ದಿ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದ ಥಾಟ್ ಕಥಂ ಮಯ ಗ್ರಾಹ್ಯ ಹೌ ಆಮ್ ಐ ಗೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಟು ನೋ ಇಟ್ ಹೌ ಶುಡ್ ಐ ಗ್ರಾಸ್ ದಟ್ ಹೌ ಶುಡ್ ಐ ನೋ ಇಟ್ ಹೌ ಶುಡ್ ಐ ಪರ್ಸೀವ್ ಇಟ್ ಈಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ದಿ ಸ್ಟೂಡೆಂಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಆಸ್ಕಿಂಗ್ ಅಗ್ರಾಹ್ಯತ್ವಂ ಇಷ್ಟಮೇವ ದ ಟೀಚರ್ ಸೇಸ್ that the atma cannot be grasped cannot be perceived that is in fact quite acceptable to us therefore it is mayeva grahyatam may you not grasp it if your problem is how do i grasp the self or how do i know the self that is beyond the mind and the thought mind and the word all right don't know it or don't grasp it but if that is so ನನು ಆತ್ಮನ ಗ್ರಾಹ್ಯತ್ವಭಾವ ವಿಚಾರೇಣ ವಿನಷ್ಟಾಂ ಮಾಯಾಂ ಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಸ್ವಯಂ ಉಕ್ತ ಪರಮಾತ್ಮ ಅವಶೇಷ ನ ಸಿದ್ಧೇತ್ ಯು ಯೋಸೆಲ್ ಸೇಡ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಥರ್ಡ್ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ವಿಚಾರೇಣ ವಿನಷ್ಟಾಂ ಮಾಯಾಂ ಯು ಯೋರ್ಸೆಲ್ ಸೇಡ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಥರ್ಡ್ ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ದಟ್ ವೆನ್ ದಿಸ್ ಮಾಯಾ ಇಸ್ ಡಿಸ್ಟ್ರಾಯ್ಡ್ ಎಸ್ ಎ ರಿಸಲ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ವಿಚಾರ್ ಆರ್ ಇನ್ಕ್ವೈರಿ ಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಸ್ವಯಂ when the maya is destroyed as a result of inquiry then the self remains now this is what you said and here you are saying that the self may not be grasped then how am i ever going to eliminate this maya or how am i ever going to be free from this ignorance if i cannot know the self it being the beyond thoughts and words that me then how am i ever going to be free from this maya idyuktam parmatma avasheshanam na siddhet you said that parmatma alone remains when the maya is eliminated as a result of vichara how how would that happen if the self cannot be grasped it being beyond the words and the thought then the second line of the verse is sarvagrahopasamshantau svayamevavashishyate sarvagrahopasamshantau sarvagraha upasamshanti Shanti meaning the quiet, quietude. Sam shanti, absolute tranquility. Graha means all ideas of perception are knowing. In fact, when the mind becomes free from the idea of perception or knowing or grasping. See, it is a very attempt on the part of the mind to grasp the self. Is what is the denial of the self? the very attempt on the part of the 10th man to search for the 10th man becomes a denial of the 10th man and similarly also an attempt on the part of the mind to grasp the self to feel it to experience it to objectify it to perceive it anything like that that itself becomes a denial of the self because we are trying to create the duality the mind is accustomed to know things in the realm of duality the duality of the knower and the known that is how the mind is accustomed to know and therefore the same process of knowledge it wants to extend even in case of self also and therefore the very attempt to know or grasp or perceive becomes itself a denial because it involves the duality so this is a trick of the mind which projects this duality in terms of the knower and the known therefore it is said sarvagraha upasamshantau graha means grasping when the very attempt of the grasping itself has completely ceased to be there swayameva avashishyate then the self remains by itself swayam by itself avashishyate the self alone remains understand that the self always is even when the mind is grasping or not grasping or whatever the mind is doing the self always is because without the self the mind cannot be living mind cannot be so it is not the self remains only when the mind goes that's not the idea but as long as the mind is trying to grasp so long i assume the position of a grasper or a knower and as long as therefore i have accepted or i have projected upon myself 
this idea of knower, so long I cannot know the self. This is the idea. It is not the self comes into being when the mind goes. Or when the mind has become silent, then the self surfaces. This is what is known as submarine philosophy. The submarine philosophy is that the mind is under, you know, under water. So under the thoughts, and when all the thoughts have ceased to be, then the self surfaces, you know. That is not what is meant here. The self is whether thoughts are or not. And that is how it is to be known. The self is whether thoughts are or thoughts are not. And that is why it is said here, Svatma atiriktasya dvaitasya mithyatva nishchena tat pratiri upashantav svatma eva satyataya avasishyade iti bhavaha. The idea is dvaita of the duality that is other than the self, anything that is other than the self is mithyatva nishchena. That anything other than the self is mithya. Self alone is satya and if I think that there is something that is different from the self as an object, as an object of knowledge, as non-self, even this division of self and non-self is not there. And therefore to know that anything that is called non-self is mithya. Even the thought which appears to be what is witnessed is mithya. We do not want this division of the witness and witnessed. That if we categorize the self as a witness, and we say that the self witnesses everything, mind and the sense organs and sense objects, and thus if we really create two categories of witness and what is witnessed, the seer and the seen, and then we have this duality. So what is to be understood is, what is seen or what is other than the self is all mithya, and therefore it does not pose another reality. It what is called mithya is that which does not stand apart from the satyam or the self and therefore everything is indeed self. What is there is self alone. There is nothing other than the self and therefore there is no need to grasp the self because self alone is. And thus this nischaya. See there is a difference between the yoga and Vedanta understand. Although the language appears to be similar that all the thoughts have ceased to be there and the self alone remains. That's what Yoga Shastra says. But here, what is important is the Mithyatva Nishthaya. We, Yoga Shastra accepts the mind as a separate entity. The Prakriti is separate entity and Purusha as separate entity. And believes that as long as Prakriti the mind is, so long it is not possible to discriminate between Purusha and Prakriti. We don't say that. We do not say that Prakriti, the mind, is a separate entity. It is mithya, like my reflection. So reflection appears to be separate as though, but it is not separate in as much as the reflection doesn't stand there enjoying an independent existence of its own. The reflection is on account of me. And therefore, even though it appears to be there, in fact that thereness is also not right. And similarly also to understand that the mind and everything projected by the mind is mithya, meaning it doesn't have a reality apart from the self. Self is the only self, the content of everything. And therefore, there is no duality. Anything other than the self is mithya. And therefore, it being mithya, it is not real. And therefore, it does not count whether it is there or not. It does not in any way dismiss the self. And thus, when one has resolved in this manner, and by this resolution, the attempt also of grasping or perceiving or the seeing also has ceased to be there. Svatmaeva satyataya avasishyade. Even when the mind is seen, it doesn't matter. Even when the thoughts are, to know that the thoughts are, are illumined, they are mithya in as much as they are not apart from awareness. Awareness, the thoughts are bathed in awareness. Thoughts are Illumined by the awareness, bathed in awareness. Just as I am bathing in the sun, similarly also, the thoughts are bathed in awareness. And therefore, like a ripple in the ocean. So just as these ripples are there, they do not in any way deny the water which is non-dual. And so also the thoughts do not deny in any way the self, which is I. And therefore, when I do not in any way try to even displace a thought, or try to invite the thought, 
or do anything with the thought. Then the thought may come, thought may not come, thought may cease to be there. But even when the thought is, I know that this thought is nothing but awareness, because it arises from awareness, and it goes back into awareness. And when the thought is, then also it is illumined by awareness, meaning it is awareness alone. Like a pot arises from the clay, goes back into clay, and when it is, then also it is clay. And similarly also, where does the thought arise from? Arises from silence or awareness. And when the thought ceases to be, where does it go back? Also in silence, awareness. And when the thought is, where is it? Also in silence, awareness. So as long as I look upon thought as something different from me, so long there is a reaction. When I do not look upon thought as intrinsically different from I, knowing fully well that the thought is because I am, I am when the thought is, I am when the thought is not, and therefore thought does not represent a separate entity, it is not, a, you know, it is not another, another reality, it is mitya. When this is there, then the presence of thought does not even bother me. Then the thought may be there, the thought may cease to be there. Swatmaeva Satyadaya Avashishyade. So this is what we call vichara. To understand the thought as mithya is the result of vichara. And what is mithya? That which does not enjoy a reality of its own. How? Because thought cannot be unless it is illumined by the self. The thought arises and subsides. Before the thought arose, what was there? The awareness. After the thought subsides, what is there? Awareness. When the thought is, what is there? Awareness. And therefore, thought is really nothing but awareness. Before the wave was, what was it? Water. When the wave subsides, what is there? Again water. When the wave is, what is there? Again water alone. And therefore, wave is nothing but water. Similarly, thought is nothing but awareness. And what are these various objects? What is chair? What is table? All these objects are nothing but each object only, every thought corresponds to a, a, a respective object. So an object is not apart from the thought. And therefore, whatever be the reality of thought is also the reality of the objects. And this when the mithyatvan is chair. What is maya is, what is mithya is taken to be real. Is taken to be separate. And by vichara, when the reality that I am assigning to the non-self, the reality I am assigning to the mind or the objects, when that reality no more remains, when they are determined to be mithya, that is called the maya is gone. Meaning, the objects no more now are seen by me as real. And then I realize that all there is, is self alone. Even when the thoughts are, the self alone is. Thoughts are not, the self alone is. Sarva-grahopasamshantav <clears throat> In this, when this graha, when this duality of the grahya grahaka, the duality of the seer and seen also is seen to be mitya, then what remains is self alone. Not that self remains because the thoughts have gone away. Self remains in as much as I realize that even when the thoughts are, the self alone is. So in my vision, self alone remains because self alone is. <coughs> Yadyapi uktanyayana svatma parishashyate. Thus by the nyaya of the rule that you just told us, by the method that you just told us, the self alone remains. Tathapi tadaparokshaya kinchit pramanam apekshitam. Even then, in order to know the self immediately or aparokshata, some pramanam, some means must be required. How do you know this? You require some thought, some mind you require in order to see that self. How do you otherwise? Because we, we know that any object can be known only through the mind. And how do we know the self as such? <clears throat> so that question is answered in the verse 25. Natatramana pekshasti Natatramana pekshasti Chapeksha ched 
तादृग्व्युत्पत्यपेक्षा चेत श्रुति पठगुरोर्मुखा श्रुति पठगुरोर्मुखा तत्र मान अपेक्षा अस्ट नो मानम और प्रमाणम इज रिक्वायर्ड विथ रेफरेंस टू सेल्फ यू डू नॉट रिक्वायर एनी एनी एविडेंस फॉर द सेल्फ We require evidence for everything else, whether the flower is there or not. You require pramana, meaning a means of knowledge is required to establish the existence of flower. To establish existence of any object, you require a respective valid means of knowledge. So, to establish the existence of color, you require the pramana, means of knowledge, namely eyes. And to establish the existence of sound, you require the pramana in the form of ears. so it is true that objects which are inert objects which are created they are not self effulgent and therefore they require to be illumined thus the external objects they require to be illumined by our organs of perception and then alone they can be known and then alone their existence can be established is there a tulsi plant there yes it is there i see it i say it is there because i see it so when i did not see i would say it is not there so how does that particular plant in this case how, how is the existence of that plant established because i am aware of that so tulsi plant itself does not proclaim i am there only when i see i look there and that plant is illumined by my eyes then alone it is able to reveal itself so an object is able to reveal itself when illumined by a valid means of knowledge like eyes ears whatever is it tea or coffee let me taste and when i taste then i determine it is coffee how do you say that that cup of coffee it did not itself proclaim or declare itself to be coffee only when the taste was illumined by my tongue which is the the object, i mean pramanam in that case then alone that coffee that thing is known as coffee so the objects of the world they are not self effulgent or self revealing they have to be illumined by what we call the pramanam organs of perception the or by inference some pramanam has to illumine the object and then alone the existence of an object is known there is one exception in namely self who is self effulgent and therefore no pramanam you don't have to operate your eyes or ears or anything in order to know that the self is how do you know you are how do you know you are is it necessary for me to say well let me see i am there or not let me hear myself let me trust myself let me feel myself to determine whether i am are you there let me think i don't have to think how do i know i am because that i doesn't require any effort to know how do you know that the, how did you know that man was there because i saw him so other things are there because you know them with some means of knowledge but that i am there it is established how you do not require to operate in your organ of perception you do not require to operate your mind you do not require to think you don't need any effort at all to know that you are it is an effortless knowledge because the i is self revealing or self effulgent so understand this difference whether the chairs are there or not or whether a given person is here or not that can only be determined when we see or know them through our organ of perception or through a valid means of knowledge that is why we call them inert why do you say these objects are inert even though they were sentient but still they are inert in that sense so sentient and insentient is a different kind of a division but they are all inert in the vedantic language in what sense because they are not self revealing for them to reveal it is necessary that they should be illumined by a respective means of knowledge <clears throat> whereas we say that the self is self revealing self effulgent why because we do not require any effort or any pramanam any means of knowledge 
to know that I am. I am, I am conscious, that also I know. How do you know that? What instrument do you have to know that you are conscious? You know it. I never dislike myself, I am always the object of love for myself. How do you know that? Again, that is just self-revealing. Asti, Bhati and Priyam. That I am, I shine and I always love myself. This is something that is always revealing itself. Therefore, self is self-revealing and therefore you do not require any proof. You require proof whether a thing is there or not. You don't require proof that you are there or you exist. Natatramana pekshasti svaprakasha svarupataha Since Atma is svaprakasha, self-effulgent therefore, tatramana apekshanasti with reference to Atma, you do not require an evidence, you do not require proof, or you do not require a means of knowledge in order to establish the existence of the self. Because it is self-effulgent. All means of knowledge are operable because of self. What enables eyes and ears to see, or the mind also to think, what is it because of which they are able to perform their functions? Because of the self. Therefore, Kyanopanishad said, Shrotrasya Shrotram Manasaha Manaha. The Atma or the Self is the ear of the ear, the mind of the mind. What does it mean? Self is that because of which the ear performs its function, is able to hear. And it is called the mind of the mind because it is Self because of which the mind functions, thinks. Yen manasana manude, yen ahur manomatam. That which cannot be comprehended or grasped by the mind, but that because of which the mind comprehends. That which cannot be revealed by the speech, but that because of which the speech reveals. That which cannot be seen by the eyes, but that because of which the eyes see. And so all these operations of knowledge would not have been possible unless the self is there in the first place. So, for the self, no proof or evidence is required. Nanu Atmanaha Swaprakashtaya Swatasfurtavu Manamna Apekshadi Vitpati But then this next question is all right. That Atma being self-evident does not require any evidence. That at least I should know. It is Vitpati This Vitpati meaning this wisdom or understanding should arise in me. That self or Atma is self-evident and therefore I do not require any proof. I don't require any effort that it is I. It is that vitpatti or that wisdom has to arise in me. And for that, how to create that conviction in me? Manavapekshitam ityashankya. At least for me to understand this fact, that the self is self-effulgent and therefore does not require any effort or does not require any evidence or does not require any means of knowledge. It is that knowledge or understanding has to arise in me. And for creating that understanding in me, some means of knowledge is required. Tadruk vitpatti apekshachet. If there is in you the need for that vitpatti or that understanding, that the self is self-effulgent, then shrutim pasha gurur mukhat shrutihevatra pramanam. In order to understand this, that self is self-effulgent, and therefore, doesn't require any evidence or attempt to know or means to know for that Shruti or Upanishad is Pramanam. So it is said, Shrutim Patha Gurur Mukhat. May you go to the teacher and listen to the Upanishad from him. <coughs> so what does the Upanishad tell us? That the self is self-effulgent, therefore does not require any Pramanam to know because it is self-revealing. And for me to, for this conviction to arise in me, it is necessary for me to deliberate upon these scriptural statements and therefore that role Shruti plays. Shruti also does not reveal the Atma. Words of Shruti do not reveal the Atma. They reveal the fact that Atma doesn't need to be revealed. That's all. And for that to be understood, all right, may you listen to the Upanishads from the teacher. Evam <coughs> Uttamadhikaranaha Atmanu Bhavopayam Abhidhaya Mandadhikaranaha Tam Darshadi Evam in this manner Uttamadhikaranaha For the Uttamadhikari Meaning for the best student Prepared student 
ఆత్మ అనుభవ ఉపాయం అభిదాయ హేద ఉత్తమాధికారి ఆర్ ద బెస్ట్ స్టూడెంట్ వాస్ టోల్డ్ హౌ టు నో ద సెల్ఫ్ ఇన్ దీస్ వర్సెస్ మందాధికారిణ తం దర్శయతి ఫోర్ నౌ ది మంద అధికారి ఎ డల్ స్టూడెంట్ ఈజ్ బీయింగ్ సేడ్ ఇన్ ద లాస్ట్ వర్స్ దట్ ఈస్ దిస్ మెథడ్ ఇస్ నాట్ వర్క్ సో ఫార్ వెల్ దెన్ ది ఆసర్ సేజ్ ఇన్ ద ట్వంటీ సిక్స్ వర్స్ సేజ్ ఇయర్ ఇది అశక్య If you are not able to sarvagraha tyagaha, meaning if you are not able to really do tyagaha, be able to give up all graha or all perceptions, suppose you are not able to give up all the perceptions, and how are the perceptions to be given up? By the mithyatva nischaya. Understand that Vedanta talks about giving up something by mithyatva nischaya. A thing is said to be given up or renounced, when you understood that it is mithya that's a real renunciation when you understood it to be rena mithya then you really renounced it suppose i i part with it i give it away or i turn away from it but still i take it to be real then in my mind it is not renounced a real thing can never be renounced and therefore it will still remain in my mind that i have given it up there are people who keep on talking for the whole of the lifetime how much i have renounced you know what all i gave up They keep reminding other people also about that. That shows that the thing has still remained in their mind and have given up something. Maybe he is missing that. Or perhaps whatever. Maybe he is not missing. He just wants to let people know that this is what you should do. I mean, you know, maybe they are. But the real renunciation is when the mithyatvanistya is done. That this is mithya. So that is sarvagrahatyagaha. Yadi sarvagrahatyagaha shakyaha. In this manner... if the tyagah or renunciation of all graha or the perceptions is not possible tarhi dhyam vraja tarhi dhyan dhyam vraja may you take the refuge of dhi or buddhi buddhi sharanatve kim khalam itya buddhi here means inquiry may you take to this method of buddhi meaning the inquiry sharanam tadhinontah bahir vaishon bhuvatam బుద్ధ్యా యద్యత్ పరికల్ప్యతే బాహ్యం ఆంతరం వా తస్ తక్షిత్వేన తదీన పరమాత్మ తథైవ అనుభూయతాయిస్ మెథడ్ ఆల్ రైట్ ద థాట్స్ ఇన్ యూ మైండ్ హెవ్ నాట్ సీస్ట్ బీ ద పర్సెప్షన్స్ ఆల్సో హెవ్ నాట్ సీస్ట్ బీ నో ప్రాబ్లమ్ లెట్ ద పర్సెప్షన్స్ టేక్ ప్లేస్ లెట్ ద థాట్స్ టేక్ ప్లేస్ బుద్ధ్యా యద్యత్ పరికల్ప్యతే whatever the mind projects at a given point in time bahyam abhyantaram va whatever the mind projects something external or internal the idea of externality or idea of internality whatever the mind projects at a given point in time tasya tasya sakshitvena tadadhinah paramatma tathaiva anubhuvadam then may you see the lord or may you see the self as the very witness of that so the mind is there and mind is projecting the idea of externality so mind is thinking of something that is outside so how do you know the self may you know the self as the witness of that mind which is thinking of outside mind is thinking of something inside then may you know the self as the witness of the mind that is thinking of something inside if the mind doesn't go away meaning the mind continues to think and continues to project then doesn't matter may you know the self with reference to the mind meaning may you first know it as a witness of every thought that occurs you're looking at the thought and still reflecting on the self as a, so that is why the kenopanishad uh, also says pratibodha viditam matam bodham bodham even as a thought occurs may you realize that the thought is nothing but a reflection of the self 
the thought is is illumined by the self thought is illumined by the witness and therefore every thought also becomes then a means of revealing the self the very thought over the presence of the thought also reveals the self how does it reveal the self just as this object in my hand this flower reveals the presence of light how does it reveal the presence of light you cannot see the light directly but how do we see it we see that the light is reflected by this flower this flower could not be perceived unless it was illumined by the light and that is how the very flower reveals the presence of light and so how do you know the light may you know the light is that which illumines the flower and similarly also every thought reveals the presence of the self how as a witness the thought is illumined by the self and therefore every thought reveals the fact that there is a self which is illumining it which is witnessing it so tasya tasya sakshitvena whatever the buddhi thinks of may you know the self as a witness of that particular concept of the mind tad adhinah paramatma tasaiva anubhuyatam may you then see the self as a witness of the various thoughts or the concepts occurring in the mind and that also is okay <coughs> in course of time then the thoughts themselves will drop off because you know when the thoughts are there then also is fine thoughts are not there then also is fine when you don't worry about it it will stop as long as i am concerned about it it will continue but when i know that it is fine if it is there fine if it is not there it doesn't bother me in that case the thought also will will subside and then only the illuminator or the witness meaning the self remains <coughs> so may you therefore know the self as the witness of the various thoughts which arise in the mind so that is the method that is given here sharanam tadhina tadadhina antar bahirva esha anubhuyatam so may you take the refuge of the buddhi in this manner buddhi means mind may you take the refuge of the mind that whatever notion the mind projects the self is the witness of that thought <coughs> in my, in that manner may you know it and thus in these 26 verses the the author has completed the chapter called nataka deepa prakranam a short chapter but a very beautiful chapter for contemplating upon the nature of the self which we we've been discussing since last week as to how self is the image is given here of the theater i mean of the lamp illumining the theater and how the lamp illumines the theater the dancer and the and the the owner for whom the dance dances and the spectators and the musicians and similarly also the self illumines simultaneously the mind and the ego and the sense objects and the sense organs and may you know them may you know the self as a witness of them all but do all these things stand apart from witness no although in case of the lamp is different and the dancer is different so that is where of course in that illustration there is a duality the lamp stands in a place and the dancer stands in another place so don't imagine that duality in case of the self so the duality part of the illustration does not apply what applies is the illumination part of it as to how the lamp illumines everything when all the performance is taking place the lamp illumines the performance when the dance is complete when everybody goes away the stage is completely empty then the lamp illumines also the absence of them all lamp shines ever shines in its own glory all the changes take place in the dance in the dancer in the spectators various movements and changes take place all those movements and changes are illumined by the lamp lamp itself does not undergo any change at all it remains ever the, its intensity of light ever remains the same all movements take place in the dancer the lamp illumines all movements without itself undergoing any movement so these are the aspects in which this illustration is very useful and similarly it is the mind that goes out and comes in the self does not go out does not come in this illumines these states of the mind the motion is in mind the modifications are in the mind it is the mind that is dancing sometimes the mind ceases to dance as in deep sleep 
What happens? Does the self go away any place? No, self continues to shine in its own glory. Now illumining the absence of everything in deep sleep. When it wakes up, well, then it illumines the presence of everything. Itself remaining changeless. Itself without undergoing any motion. The changeless, motionless self. Where is it? It is not in any place. Because it even illumines the idea of place. When is it? It's not in time because it even illumines the idea of time. In what thing is it? It's not a question of in what thing because the idea of thing also is illumined by that. It is from that standpoint we say that the self is all-pervasive. It is eternal. It's the self of all. Because the idea of space, time and objects are also projected by the mind. And the self illumines all those projections also. From that standpoint we say that he is all-pervasive and he is in everything. But in itself, even the idea of pervasiveness, because that also becomes an attribute. Pervasiveness also becomes an attribute. It is free even from that attribute. And this is how the self is to be understood. You can't see that self like that. The moment you see something, is not the self. This is how the self or I is to be understood. <coughs> and for that understanding, this is a short but a very beautiful chapter. It is Srimat Paramahamsa Parivrajakacharya Varya Vidyaranyakata Panchadasyam Nātakadīpa Prakranam Dashamam Samaptam In this manner, the tenth chapter called Nātakadīpa Prakranam The lamp illumining the theatre is concluded. And also the Tika written by his disciple Ramakrishna. Om Pūrnamadav Pūrnamidam Pūrnat Pūrnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Ishvara Gururatmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyomavad Vyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Hari Om